Welcome to Just Good News Podcast, where we talk about the good news Jesus brought. Because it is good news. We hope to reclaim the new that Jesus brought into the world. Because once there was a version of Christianity that was irresistible. So, what happened to the good news? What's up, everybody? This is episode three of Just Good News Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Cole. And uh, yeah, this is episode three. Episode three. And with episode three, we are going to be talking about, so you've decided to follow Jesus. Mm. What does that What does that look like? What does that look like? So past episodes, we talked about some false assumptions. We talked about faith foundations. They should be placed in the person of Jesus in the event of his resurrection. Uh, talked about false prereqs that don't exist when it comes to following Jesus. And today we're getting into what does it practically look like to live as a son, daughter of Jesus. So, mm. um, yeah, real quickly before we, we dive into that, Joe, when, when I say following Jesus, what comes to your mind? What are some things that just come to your mind? Um, I think good teachings, good person, good things. I think Jesus did good things, taught good things. So I think when I say following Jesus, I think good things. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Jesus, yeah, good things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Reading your Bible is a great thing. Praying is a great thing. Church is a wonderful thing, and we're going to talk about all of these. Uh, But for my first point, Jesus was revolutionary because of what he did, because of how he loved. And that is really what we're going to focus on for this first point here. Mm. Um, is just the principle of loving one another. So that's that's point one. Love one another as we have been loved. And I've got two verses that I want to initially point out here with this section. And we we may or may not have already gone over these. So I may sound like a broken record, but this is a good broken record. So John 13, 34, and 35. <coughs> A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So, one of the main hallmarks of following Jesus is is love. God is love. Jesus is love. And we are called to radically love those around us. And it's not because the Bible says, as we've established. Um, it's not even because it's not even really because Jesus just says. It's because of as he has loved us, so we are to show that love he has shown us to others. And when I talk about this, I don't we're not talking about salvation here and how to like earn salvation. Um, which you can't earn. Very well pointed out. After you decide that Jesus is your savior, you decide to follow him. Your relationship with him is secure. It is forever reestablished. You 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 don't have to worry about God being mad at you, him being frustrated with you because he's pleased with you. He's pleased with you period. He loves you period. And so the idea that we've talked about before, vertical morality of constantly worrying, oh my goodness, God, am I doing enough? Oh, am I reading my Bible enough? Constantly looking up and down 
You don't have to do that anymore. The conditional relationship is gone. It's unconditional love straight from God to you. So now we're tasked with something else. We're tasked with horizontal morality. And that means looking to my right, oh, and there's Joe Man. Looking to my left, oh, and there's Jeff. How can I love Joe? How can I love Jeff? How can I love Joe more? How can I love Jeff more? For those of you that are listening and not watching horizontal morality, I'm looking over my shoulders to see who's around me, who I can love. Versus more vertical morality, I'm constantly looking up and down that I forget to look over my shoulders, and I completely miss loving my neighbor. So basically what I'm saying is now that Jesus has paved the way and restored our relationship with God, as Jesus has called us to do, based on how he has loved us, let's look to our left and right. Let's love others. Jesus was great news because of what he did, because of how he radically loved. And I've got a verse here, John 10, 45, that says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was was and is like the best freaking news you'll ever hear. And <clears throat> within that verse, I believe there is a great model of how we should live our lives. If we are to love others, we are to s- we are to serve others. And this kind of service that Jesus taught, this kind of service/love that Jesus did is is unique. It's the kind of love and service that says you it's the let me st- let me kind of let me kind of pause there. Pause and reformulate. Reformulating, activating. We are to love others as if they are more important than us, not because they are more important than us, but because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Jesus is like the most important, incredible person there ever was. And he looked at us and said, nah, they're more important than me. I'm going to give my life as a ransom for them. And so this love that Jesus calls us to work out in our lives is, hey, I'm going to put Joe in the spotlight. Even if he is not worthy of the spotlight, I'm going to put him in the spotlight because Jesus put me in the spotlight. That's the kind of love Jesus is out here trying to get us to do. And we've said it before, but I'll say it again because I think it's important to know. It is by this kind of love that others will know we are followers of Jesus. Mm. It's not because of what we believe. It's not because of our epic moral code. It's by how we love. It's by how we put other people in the spotlight. It's by how we treat others as just so important. And, yeah, it's time to look to the right and left. Joe, Jeff, yeah. Yeah. Along the lines of how uh, Jesus loved and what that looked like, this isn't just like for the Christian. Like what we're what I'm about to say is very much good application to stand out as a non Christian. These are just like for the Christian, these are requirements. Like these are things Jesus expected his followers to do. And they were so demanding that many of his followers left after this. Um and what I'm hinting at is the famous mountain sermon where he preaches from a mountain called the sermon's called Sermon on the Mount. And I'm gonna be going through that. But 
yeah, for the Christian, this is like required. This is how we should look. This is what Jesus expected from his followers. Um, for the person that's not following Jesus, these are things that will make you stand out, that will make mm. you a good person. These are things that will just make will make a lot of opportunities that probably wouldn't have happened may come about. These are just good things. Like these are things that you should do, make you stand out. Will these make you better at life? They'll make you better at life. Okay. Following Jesus, make life better and you better at life. There it is. Um, And so I'm a film major. uh, And what that means basically is I know a lot of movie things. And so there's this thing I'm going to talk about really quick. It's called poetic justice which is basically this thing that rights or wrongs are being made right. So like in movies, the bad guy getting killed is like the revenge. That's the poetic justice. He gets what he had coming for him. Um, and like, so like imagine there's no po- poetic justice in Jesus's story. Imagine if the Avengers just forgave Thanos instead of having epic battle. That would, <laughs> that would have been a lame movie. Um, and so this is how Jesus reacts and how he reacts is how he wants us to respond. And so like forgiving others, choosing to love them despite how they're treating him, it seems like an overreaction, but in the opposite direction an underreaction to things, if you will, Andy Stanley calls these things an over underreaction. So I'm a coin it just how he says it maybe, or just an overreaction (laughs) in the opposite direction. Um, And so Jesus followers should be known by how they handle situations, like how Jesus did. And so how people respond to others is what it looks like to follow Jesus and love them like how Jesus did in doing so. So what I mean by that is like, if Cole's being a big fat jerk face to me, um, like, or, or, or how someone's overreacts in the store, right? You see someone overreacting in a store and you never really think like, man, that action didn't warrant that response. They just blew up at that person. Or maybe I was treated really horribly by Cole um, and I should seek revenge or, or make that right. I should be mean back. I should treat evil for evil back to coin an old Testament phrase. Um, Basically, like, the phrase is like, oh, did you see what happened to him? He should be so angry. He should be returning evil for evil. If that happened to me, I would do something back um, if that happened to me. And when we sound and respond like everybody else, we sound and respond like everybody else. And we miss our opportunity to show our Savior. So when we return evil for evil, we look like everybody else because everybody else does that. Meaning, when I get treated wrong or horribly— we're going to go through the Sermon on the Mount. This is just uh, just a little disclaimer. And I return that to them. I am matching them in the response, and I look no different than everybody else. That is normal. That is expected. That is the response that an action like that warrants to the non, to the person that's not following Jesus, uh, that the rest of the world warrants. Um, and so what's crazy is you've probably heard all these things before. Um, and you may be thinking like, why should I become one of you when you don't even do what you're supposed to say? Cause mm. I'm sure you've heard like sermon on the Mount doing to others as all that stuff. Um, and so I'm just going to be going through all that. Matthew five thirty-eight. you've heard it said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, basically do unto others as they do unto you. 
no one's surprised when you do this. Like, people celebrate when you do that. They cancel other people when you do that. Um, and he's not saying, like, if someone is beating you up, you just lay there. Um, protection is not retaliation, and Jesus is not, or Jesus is talking about retaliation. Don't retaliate or react to evil people in an evil way. He doesn't want you to respond like how everybody else responds. Um, and he goes on to say in Matthew 5.35, If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. And again, this isn't saying like if someone is beating you up, just lay there. Protection is different from retaliation. And Jesus is talking about retaliation again. When some, And his audience would have known very well what this meant. Um, and we, we probably kind of lose that because we're in a different time. But what he's really saying, like if someone just slaps you to be a jerk, just turn the other cheek. That's not that's not really the full picture. It's when someone slaps you on the cheek, your response back would be to slap them back. They're trying to get you to match their response that they just gave to you. Um, it's an insult to turn the other cheek. Oh, you just slapped me. Slap me again. Here's a, here I am. I did nothing wrong. Slap me again. Do that again. It's an insult because they're trying to get you to match their emotions with a reaction. Um, and Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be like you back to you. Um, that response is such a far reaction in the opposite direction and over under reaction. And Jesus is saying like, Hey, if you're going to follow me, I don't want you to respond like the rest of the world does. And so I'm just going to be going through a bunch of examples like this really quick. Um, we, you've also heard this, like go the extra mile, Matthew five. If anyone forces you to go, one mile with them, go two miles with them. This is referencing compulsionary public service, not like, oh, if you need help moving, I'll help you move and I'll do some other stuff. That's not what he's getting at. This is like a, no, I really don't like this person. I really don't want to do this thing that they're asking me to do. And, and he's saying like, not only will I help you, but like, I, I, I really don't like you. So I'm going to treat you like you're better than myself as Cole is saying. And like, I love you. It's and just to get that in again really quick. It's not like I'm helping you move and then also going to do something else. It's a person that like you really don't like, and you really don't want to do those things. That's, that's coming up to you. And like Jesus, like who would do this? Who would, who would say these things? I'm, I may not be making it clear, but like to the audience, this was like, no one does this. Who does this? Um, and so kind of just, these are revolutionary things. If I don't like someone, I'm not going to associate with them is what, is what the, his audience is probably hearing um, or does. Do unto others as they do unto you. Yeah, the world celebrates you when you do that. I won't go out of my way to help someone else. Like that's not required of me. Moving on, Matthew 5:43. Um, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm. Love your enemy means treat them as if you're not your enemy. Not love them in your heart. And then he goes on to say, pray for those who persecute you. And just kind of talk about that for a second. Like, loving your enemy doesn't just mean in your heart. It means, how can I do this thing for you? Oh, you're asking me to do something. 
but I really don't like you and I really don't want to do that thing. I'm going to do it anyway. And not only am I going to do that, I'm going to treat you as better than myself in the action. I'm going to love you how Jesus loves me. Um, and talk about the prayer. Like, I bet you don't even pray for those who you like a lot, let alone those who you don't like. Like, who does this? Who, who would do these? It doesn't make much sense. And Jesus would say, um, what he's about to do here is separate the believers from the followers, separate the knowers from the doers. Uh, there's a guy named Crawford Lartz who says, he's about to separate the folks for whom Christianity is a point of reference from those who understand Christianity is a framework for all of life and every decision. So, Here's all these things. And Jesus is saying, like, who would do this? Why would I do this? Like, no one does this. And here's the why. Because reacting in these ways to these circumstances that separate you from looking not like the world, that make you look different from the world, reacting in this way makes us look like our Father in heaven. It positions us relationally, visibly, It positions us relationally and visibly to reflect what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, you follow Jesus through the Gospels. And here's how God treats people. Here's how he forgives people. Here's who he values. Here's how he responds to sin. If you want to know what Jesus, if you want to know what God looked like, you follow Jesus through the Gospels and you see how God treats those people, loves those people, how he forgives, who he values, how he responds to sin. You see that by following Jesus because Jesus so reflects God. And so the question is, if Jesus is posing, is how is everybody else going to know what the Father is like? If you're going to follow me, I want you to give your life in such a way that people look at you, that when people look at you, they catch a glimpse of what the Father is like because your very nature so reflects what Jesus is like. Let me read that one more time. Jesus is posing, how is everybody else going to know what the Father is like? If you're going to follow me, I want you to live your life in such a way that people look at you and they catch a glimpse of what the Father is like because your very nature so reflects what Jesus is like that you're reflecting God. It's not just by being a good, polite citizen. It's your direct response when things aren't going your way. Like all the stuff we've been reading, none of those things were things people would do. They were... And, and they were over ask. They weren't required by the law. Um, Matthew 5, 46 says, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collectors doing that. Or are not even the tax collectors doing that. And if you greet your own, only your own people, let me just start over with that. Matthew 5, 46. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than others do not even the pagans do that if you love those who love you what recognition do you get he's saying i want you to be recognized like no one says oh man she loves her friends very well like oh she really accepts those who are just like her she get, she really gets along with those who have everything in common with her like no one says that like that's just <laughs> like that just happens um, and so he, he's saying, I want you to be recognized for something, but if, if you just love those who love you, what recognition will you get? Like, man, he hangs out with and gets along with those who get along with him. That's just incredible. How do you do that? 
that doesn't stand out? Doesn't everybody do that? Think of the category you have the least respect for. Don't they even do that? Jesus wants us to be recognized for something extraordinary. Your response should be a dead giveaway of whose son or daughter you are. If you only welcome your people, what are you doing more than others? Again, all these things are more than other oriented. There, Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, how you respond is going to look different than everybody else because you don't belong to everybody else. You belong to me. And so the more than isn't expected. The more than isn't normal. The more than isn't required. And Jesus wants us to stand out for responses that aren't expected, that aren't normal. He wants us to respond how the God who is real in heaven would. Excuse me. I want you to be perfect towards others as your heavenly father. Sorry, he goes on. Jesus goes on and says, I want you to be perfect towards others as your heavenly father has been to you. I want you, he doesn't say this, this is me saying this. I want you to amaze with your unprecedented responses, unprecedented responses. I want you to be a more than others person because our God is a more than others God. And, and so think about how he reacted to our sin, knowing everything that we would do, the secrets, the selfishness. He responded to everything that has put a gap between him and us. He responded to that by sending his son who reacted to all of that by dying so that he could pay for it. He came looking for us so he could forgive us. And this is why... He wants us to respond this way because he wants us to reflect how the father reacted to us. And so when we don't, when we sound and react and respond like how everyone else does, we don't reflect how our God in heaven reacted to us. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to be a more than others people because I'm a more than others God. And for the non-Christian, like these would just be great things to do that would make you stand out. Like imagine if everybody reacted and treated others the way that Jesus is calling us to. Like it'd be a great place. Mm. My boss, I don't have a boss because I'm unemployed currently, but your boss, someone's boss, all bosses would be a lot more patient, a lot more kind, a lot more understanding with everyone. Wives, husbands would just be much better. Like, Everyone would be, it, it would be a more than others competition with everyone. It can be, how can I serve you? What can I do? And when things go wrong, your response is directly reflecting the father in heaven who reacted to us by loving us greatly and clearing a debt. Um, and so like, that's all I got to say. Mm. Like there's, there's no poetic justice in Jesus' story. Like, there isn't like the wrong, like there will be justice in the end. There will be all of that, but Jesus is kind of like the Avengers forgiven Thanos. <laughs> like there isn't the, um, he, he, he doesn't go and wipe out all the Pharisees and people um, like we would like to see in a movie. He will one day come back, but he loves us so much and he wants us to be a more than others people. That's mm. all I have to say. Joe, I definitely agree with literally everything you say. Um, building off of what you said, I think just as a general rule of thumb, those who desire to follow Jesus 
we should be we should strive to be masters of unity like masters of of healthy relationships like jesus was literally the relationship beast i mean he repaired the most broken damaged relationship of all time and i think that two two principles that we should we should follow if we if we desire to to worship jesus in our lives is we should be quick to forgive and we should be quick to apologize. Um, I don't really have anything to back that up, mm. but I think it's some good advice. James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. That too. That, that too. came from the quick to forgive. But yeah. So beyond loving one another, beyond being... Um, Beyond overreacting. And oh, so may I jump in really quick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's cool about how Jesus is expecting us to react to these situations is it's all horizontal based. It is more concerned with the person next to us and how we can love them better and how we can treat them like how God treats them than a eyes to the sky morality, meaning I'm significantly more concerned with my religiousness than I am my love for people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say another thing uh, on the topic of love, especially loving your, your enemy. I think in modern day America, we associate love a lot with a feeling and I'm not saying that love isn't a feeling, but Love, true love, service, putting someone else in the spotlight is an action. There are many times where I have not wanted to do something for someone, where I've been like, oh, my word, I'd rather just play video games. In my heart, I haven't really felt all like lovey-dovey towards that person. But me acting in faith to love that person is a more powerful symbol of love than just feeling lovey for someone. Like what you said about friends, Joe. It is not hard for me to love my friends. It is not hard for me to get along with people who think the same as me. <clears throat> but for me to go to someone who is completely different from them, different from me, and go out of my way for them, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. But it'll be a much more rich and powerful symbol of love than just loving those who are like me. And yeah. That's all I got to say. So beyond loving one another and being masters of overreacting with love, <clears throat> I think that there are some other things that are very beneficial and that Jesus would highly recommend if you have so chosen to see him as a savior man. What I'm going to be talking about now is the importance of community and just the, uh, the different Community is important. I mean, there's things within community that are important. So I'm going to get into those. So the first thing that I believe is very important with community is it gives you opportunities to hear and be filled with the truth, with the word of God. This can be through sermons. It can be through, it can be through Bible studies, or it can even be through people. God speaks through people to this day. And I've got a piece of scripture here. Jesus, the man, says this in Matthew 4, 4, Man shall not live on bread alone, 
but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We are meant to live on what Jesus instructed. We are meant to live as he lived. And another verse here that just further um, reinforces the importance of the Bible. I've said this verse before, but Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. You know, if we are to follow Jesus, we we must know Jesus. This is a, um, a radical statement here that I'm going to say. The Bible, having the Bible, those listening, I'm pretending to hold a Bible. Ha- the Bible, having a Bible is not necessary for you to put your faith in Jesus. But having a Bible is necessary for you to get to know Jesus. Hmm. There is no better record or collection of God than the Bible. If you want to get to know the heart of God, it's in the pages. If you want to get to know how Jesus lived and how he loved, it's in the Gospels. And if you want to be like Jesus and love like Jesus, you got to know how Jesus loved and how he lived. And so I think that's just one of the first major benefits of community is you're going to live off the scripture and the word of God. You're going to be fed on a regular basis, which is so important. And by the way, scripture, like we look at the Bible as chapters and verses. It was never written like that. It was a whole letter that was read at an assembly of people gathered to listen to this letter. It was read in community. Like that's how scripture is meant to be read in community. Not that you, you can read it alone and you can still get a lot, but it should be discussed. It should be talked about, talked about. It's, it's meant to be a community thing. Mm. So community is important. Gotcha. 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 So in summary with that point, community will frequently fill you with the truth. It will frequently fill you with God's word, which will equal knowing God's heart, which will equal knowing God's, knowing Jesus's heart, which will in turn lead to you being able to love like Jesus did. It will lead to you being able to overreact with love and look over your shoulder and notice Jeff going through it and loving him. My name's Jeff. His name's Jeff. <laughs> so the second uh, facet of community that I believe is very important is um, is service. Community allows you to practice service. It can give you opportunities to use the gifts that you, God has given you to glorify God. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is in serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I think that was a pretty good list there. And... You know, with, within each of us, man, there lies just different gifts. There lies different pieces of the body. There are gifts within Joe man here that only Joe's got. And there are gifts that, I'll, and within me, that only I have. And listener, there are gifts within you that are only specific to you that God intricately designed for just you. For and, you. you know, these, God has dreams and plans for you that are just, unimaginative and these purposes are unique to you and 
they can be accomplished and fulfilled by the gifts that are unique to you. There is someone that I'd like to mention here that just is such a rich example to me of he uses his gifts and accomplishes his, his, his plan that God has made for him. His name is Daryl Barnes. He is an incredible athletic trainer. I'm talking works with the Olympic teams. And I saw him recently because I'm just plagued with injury. And he was doing some work on my, like on my shoulder, on my chest. And I was really frustrated because who likes having injuries, right? Right. And he, he was telling me like, you know, Cole, when I was your age, uh, I, I faced a lot of adversity, so many injuries. And he, and he was like, but, but through those injuries, I got so smart and I got to where I am today. And he's like, now, Cole, I get to work with people every day. I get to serve the Lord by helping these people recover. And I love it. And, man, that was just inspiring. Hmm. Like, his gift may not be preaching the good news of Jesus on the streets or serving the poor. But through helping athletes recover, he is glorifying God. The way he spoke of his, his journey and his past and his gifts it obviously landed somewhere within me because I'm talking about it right now. Yeah, you are. And just because your gift may not be something super spiritual, don't think it's not important. Jesus has been called thy head of the church, and we are the, we are the body. And I, I study exercise science, so I know Joe's busting a move. <laughs> I study exercise science, so I know a few things about the body, and let me tell you, it is intricate. There are so many different parts, so many different systems within the body of the church. I guarantee you, you are a part that is specific to you and that you are important to the function of the body. Without you, we cannot function. But with you, we will freaking soar. So Freaking soar. Yeah. Yeah. Service is the other side of the coin. You get filled with the truth of God. Go out and use it in the way you were intended to. Uh, something, a way that I kind of thought of it was like a basketball player who is training leg day to improve their vertical so they can dunk a basketball, so they can get rebounds. If we're in church, soaking up the word, making spiritual gains, spiritual but then we're not going gains. out and dunking, we're missing. We're missing. So make those gains, but then go out on the court and dunk. Go out and do your... Do your, your role that God created in you. And that's what's going to win the game. Yeah. That's what's going to win the game. That may have sounded really lame and goofy, but... I like it. Thank you. So, last coin. This is a three-sided coin. It's a weird coin. Three-sided coin. Last More like a triangle dice. Yeah, it's a... Yes. That's what it is. Relations... Sorry. Community can help you feel seen, soothed, and safe quoting Jenny Allen. Within humans, we seek to be seen, we seek to be soothed, and we seek to be safe. Safe Through community, these needs and longings within us can be met. Let's, ta let's take being seen, for example. Within community, you can share your struggles. You can be vulnerable. And I'm not saying share your struggles with everybody. You don't want to complain and seek relief. But with people that you trust, with people that have shown that they love you, you can be real about who you are. Be real. 
be real. And when you're real, you'll be, you'll be seen. And quite frankly, there are few things that are more comfortable than knowing that someone loves me, even when I've shared like the gross stuff with me. Mm. I've, there are a few things more comfortable than being loved by someone, even when they know everything about you. And that kind of is made even greater when you think about God and Jesus. Is a, uh, God and Jesus. He knows everything there is about us. He knows everything there is about you, and no one loves him more than you. Hold on. Let me bring this back together. No one loves you more than him. Right. God knows everything about you, and he loves you way more than anyone else does. Like, by hundreds of, yeah, by a lot. So within community, yeah, you can be seen. um, You can be soothed. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. If Joe comes to me after a long, hard day, he can be real with me. Like, I got him. I want to help him. I want to be his brother. I want to encourage him. And community of people who genuinely love Jesus will do this. They will encourage you. They will listen to you. They will overreact with love for you. They will put you in the spotlight. And, yeah. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Ooh. So Straight heat. Yeah. Community is great because you're filled with the word. You can serve. And you'll have tons of people. They got your back. The final thing that I will go over as it pertains to you've decided to follow homie man Jesus. Convos with God. And by this, I simply mean reading your Bible and praying. I've heard it said that praying is you talking to God and reading the Bible is God talking to you. Throughout the Gospels, we we commonly see Jesus go off to quiet places. We see, I believe, Daniel... um, be alone and talk to God. You can glorify and worship God by loving one another tremendously so. And community is wonderful. But quiet time alone with God behind a closed door, just between you and him, those are moments where intimacy and trust can really be founded, I believe. And though you can bring literally anything to people within community, you can literally, literally bring anything to God. Big or small, good or bad, praises or requests, you know, I would actually encourage you to bring these things to God. And I'll tell you why. David Marvin, absolute beast, says, you can bring to God whatever is important to you because you are what's important to him. Man, no, no one cares for you more than him. And... It's like a relationship. What you put in is what you get out, and he desires for you to put in your your requests, your brokenness, your concerns. Because man, he wants to he wants to show up. And I just want to say, if you're in a rough spot and frustrated with God and mad at him, he is big enough for that too. 
he can handle that too. Prayers don't always have to be all spiritual and lovey-dovey. It can be real. And so when you bring things to God, chances are you open those pages, God's going to speak directly into your life. The Bible can provide you with guidance beyond compare, hope, encouragement, praise. You bring a problem to God, the chances are exceedingly high that he's going to answer, that he's going to have something to say about it. While he might not have an exact, specific response to your intricate situation about dating, there is some certainly something in the Bible that he will have to say about relationships loving relationships, marriage, stuff. So, and if there was a problem, yo, he'll solve it. Check out his book while my JC resolves it. Ice, ice baby. More like C-book, C-book. Yeah. So, in those deep, quiet moments with God, you can develop trust, you can develop intimacy and love and... Some of the some of the best moments I, I have were on a front porch of my old house with just my book in JC. Mm. And um he wants to hear from you. He really does. So but yeah. Community, convos with God, loving one another, and overreacting with love. I I just want to go back really quick to my first sermon on that point. I just realized I didn't read the verse, and even though this is like the end of the podcast, this might make it make more sense. Um, Matthew 5, 38. You have heard it said, and this was the point I was getting at. Yeah, all of this stuff has been said. All this stuff has been done. So you have heard it said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Yeah, do unto others as they do unto you. Yeah, like that's what we do. That's what's deserved. But Jesus says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Um, and yeah, that might make all of what I was saying just make a little bit more sense because I just realized I didn't really read the whole verse. Mm. So, yeah, Jesus is saying like, yeah, you've heard this heard. That's what you do. But I say. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Love, definitely more than a feeling big ol' action. So, I think we'll land the plane here. This was episode three. We're just two dudes. Two dudes. Podcasting that don't know everything. That's true. We're just chatting it out here. But we do think that following Jesus will make life better. And you better at life. With that being said, peace, love,